Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film. If only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for fifteen dollars a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile. com slash switch. Upfront payment of forty five dollars, equivalent to fifteen dollars per month, unlimited over forty gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at four eighty p. Active Mint customers by five thirty one twenty four get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May thirty first, twenty twenty four. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glut. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. I hate to ask you to do anything, but if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to like, subscribe, rate, review, all of the above on whatever app you're getting it from. My guest today is Jesse Wolf. He is an entrepreneur, founder, builder, and investor. You can find him on Instagram at RealJesseWolf. Jesse Wolf, welcome to the American Glutton Podcast. What's up, brother? Thanks so much for having me. I am a massive fan of you and the podcast, so this is uh, this is cool, man. Dude, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled to talk to you. I'm a fan of yours. You're hilarious. <laughs> Thanks, man. That means a lot for real, especially coming from you. Uh, you know, I try. I'm just uh it's just who I am, I guess, right? Yeah. And I and you know, honestly, I also appreciate you put yourself out there and you're like, this is what I'm trying now. And yeah. and I think that that's pretty much the most relatable, honest thing. You know, I think the 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 issue I have sometimes with like anything diet related on social media is it be it, it becomes um almost like a, a religious thing sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's like yeah. I'm doing X and if you're not doing X, you're gonna fail. And here's why. And and that is not the sense I get from you at all. You're very much like, hey. I've had my ups and downs. This is what I'm trying. Here's how it's going for me. Here's how I'm using it, which is really honest. Thanks, brother. It's I'll tell you what, man. I'm a very um I'm a very big extrovert. You know, you probably noticed that. And I'm very outgoing. Um, and I really, you know, over the years have developed this thick skin to not care what people think for the most part. But man, I've done some crazy things in my life and my career. And uh probably one of the harder things has been putting myself out there. In this format, um, you know, basically at the start of, you know, 2020 Rona and all that good stuff, you know, I decided, hey, I was like you, you know, I mean, I I sympathize with you in so many ways, my journey of weight loss and weight gain and yo-yoing and all that. Um, 
I was big in like bodybuilding and stuff back in the day. And, you know, you just always see the perfect body and the perfect results. Um, and it's very rare that you see somebody on the struggle side. And when you do, it tends to be like rapid weight loss, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Failure. You know what I mean? Like I've learned over the years to embrace failure and, yeah. um, you know, I decided like I, I've I've embraced failure from an entrepreneurship side, but like from a personal weight loss side, it's always been a battle. And I'm like, man, I know I can't be the only one struggling with this. So that was one of the reasons why I even started posting it. It was first an accountability for me. And then secondly, it was like, hey, anybody else out there along the way that feels like me, like, just know you're not alone. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of how it started, you know. Don't you think that um a, a lot of it gets wrapped up in, look, I, I mean, I imagine I have no businesses and I'm the worst. My wife understands business much more than I do. But like from an external point of view, looking at business, I would imagine that nobody is going, all I need to do is build the business and then I don't have to do anything. Then I'm done. Then my job is over, right? Like I, I would imagine you're going, your business is going to fail if you treat it that way. You build the business and then you got to keep building the business, right? Like yeah, there's no end. Maybe the end is selling the business, yep. but like it, you're working the whole time to get there. Yeah. There's, there's no point where you you retire. I mean, maybe I guess, but like people retire and, and they receive some stipend from the business that they built. But like the whole time that you're doing business, you're working. And I think that there's some idea and I don't know if you share this or if you ever did. But for me in the beginning, the idea was all I have to do is get lose weight and then I'm done. Yeah. If, I, if I just get, if I just lose a hundred pounds, I'm finished. I never have to think about it again. Right. And so I lose a hundred pounds. I stop thinking about it. I gain the weight back and I feel like a failure. And it took a long time for me to go like, wait a second. I'm go I'm going to have to put an effort towards this forever. Yeah. And, and yeah. if, if that's what I want, you know what I mean? Like, Dude, that, that analogy of business is is like, it's it's a great idea, right? Like it's a great thought because you're right. It's it's like, it's like gains, right? In the gym, you know, we work out, we pump weights, you know, we lift to build this muscle mass. If we stop lifting, it, it goes away. Yeah. It doesn't all go away, but you lose a lot of it. Right. And, and that's the way to some degree a business is right. I mean, it's very relatable. You don't just start it and get it going. And then it just grows on its own. No, you got to work and you work and the bigger it gets the harder you have to work and right? more work. Yeah. And we're working. So the more weight you lose, the bigger muscle mass you gain, the harder you work, you know, to get to that point. And, and there is even a business to your point, there's no quote unquote finish line. Yeah. You might sell the company, but like a lot of us don't stop right, right. now. It's like, now okay, you haven't, you got to do something else. What are you going to do next? Like, yeah. unless you're, whole game becomes retirement, which to me sounds so boring. Like yeah. what you're just done. You're just going to sit on a beach somewhere, which, okay. I could do that for a week or two. And then I want something to do. Right. I mean, like the purpose of life is to find your purpose in life. Right. I mean, right. like that's kind of the, the, uh, uh, the, the thought process there, but yeah, I mean, there's even in business, like to me, there's never a finish line. It's like, okay, I built that one. What next? Yeah. Right. And this is how you get people, 
you know, like Elon Musk that went from his first, like, you know, tech startup to now, you know, the guy's revolutionized. It was the, uh, the Thomas Jefferson of our time, right? I mean, right. if he stopped at, you know, exit number one, we wouldn't have Tesla and solar and, you know, all this other stuff, right? So, yeah, great analogy for sure. Yeah. So, so, so for me, watching you go through this, it's helpful to me on so many levels because I, I, I like, I, I, relate so much to the struggle. I also relate so much to like X didn't work. I'm pivoting. Now I'm going to do Y let's see how Y works. And here's how Y is beneficial to me and all, all of this. And there doesn't seem to be a lot of like, I'm down on myself, which fucking, I think we all get down on ourselves, but like the idea that you can pick yourself up out of that is super, super. I mean, it's effective. It's, it's, um, it's, um, infectious. Like I feel it from you. Do you know what I mean? Because my go-to is like, I failed and now I'm going to be a failure for a while. That's, that was my go-to and watching you, you're like, no, I had some slip ups and now I'm doing this other thing. You know, it's the worst. Um, and, 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 you know, it's crazy because I watch a lot of um, these these awesome like female influencers, you know, uh, plus size that are on health journeys and stuff. And and the women are so supportive of each other. And I love that. And I love that for them. And they're like, oh, my God, I'm so proud of you, you know, et cetera, et cetera. In my space. Right. The women are equally as supportive. But and, and then there's the guys, right? The, the guys are the guys, rough. The guys yeah, are rough. The guys are like super supportive and cool, and it's relatable to them, right? And then the other ones are like, oh, look at this fat guy still not losing weight, you know. And it's like, you don't know, you don't know me, you know. And that stuff's, I, I try not to let it get to me. Sure. But at some point in time, I mean, I'm like you. I'm a big dude, you know. I'm six foot. I'm over four hundred some pounds. You know, I'm, I used to be a power lifter. You know what I mean? I'm still strong. Like, let's meet up, brother. You know right, what I mean? Right, right, right. Um, you know, it's just, it's the keyboard heroes that really just crack me up because, you know, I look at some of the other influencers and they're getting all this love and support. I'm getting like kicked in the teeth left and right because it's like failure, failure. And, and, you know, you're right. Like you fall. Um, what choice do I have? Yeah. Right? I mean, like it's either I, I go to 600 pounds or I go to 400 pounds. Like, right. You know, I, I just had to draw a line in the sand and be like, all right, you failed. It doesn't mean we give up because right. giving up is going to be even worse than where we're at today. Yeah. So like, fuck that. You know, we're not giving up, you know, like, let's go, let's figure it out back to the books. What worked, what didn't work. And, um, you know, I'm just a very, I'm a hyper creative. I'm a very assessment type guy. Um, so I kind of like blending like uh, engineering and, and a hyper creative together in a lot of my worlds. So I go back and I just inflect inwards and I go, okay, what worked? What didn't work? What did you like? Where did you fail? Why did you fail? And I've learned to do that over the years because like you, you know, I was a big little kid, you know, and I had uh, just some trials and tribulations for sure growing up that sucked terribly Then I found sports and that changed my life forever, you know, because for once I was like useful as the big guy. And then I was like, you know, uh, celebrated as the big guy. I was like one of the biggest guys on our football team, et cetera. Um, and, and then in going in from high school into college, you know, I lost a ton of weight like you did with cycling at that point in time. Um, you know, so I've ebbed and flowed over the years and just then getting into business and entrepreneurship and traveling all over the, you know, the country and stuff, you know, I just really kind of got to my ultimate, I really sacrificed myself, you know, before 2020 to do a big push for a company I was building at that time. 
And, uh, man, when 2020 hit and the world shut down, man, even my life kind of came to a halt, and I just had some time to go, holy hell, dude, you really you really sacrificed yourself here. So now my, my daily motto is this. I always put myself last. It's a terrible quality I have. Um, you know, everyone else's happiness is always, you know, historically been above mine. I hate to make people upset or sad, whatever. So um, 2020, I'm like, it's meeting one, man. I would cancel anything in my life for that span that I was building one of my first companies to, to not miss a meeting or whatever. And I'm sure you can relate with, you know, acting and stuff. I would do anything. I would drop everything. And I'm like, why don't I treat myself like this? Yeah. So I started doing something I call meeting one M one. It's my most important meeting of the day. It's with me. It's the first thing that happens. And, uh, you know, the goal has always been hell or high water. I'm not canceling it. You know what I mean? Dude, that's amazing. And I never, I never personally even thought about that, but like for, and there's so many like rationalizations that I make, but like for acting, I think there was one day that I was going to be late to my name is Earl. And I called them and said, I'm going to be late. I, I'm so sorry. And then I was on time. And, but that was like the one, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and like, that's what it is for me. There's 200 plus people that can't do their job. If I'm not there, um, I've missed kids' birthdays. I've missed holidays. Acting is like this weird thing where everything shuts off. I don't think about anything else. You, try to give me something to do. Sorry. I can't, yeah. there's no time. I don't even like my family to come and visit me at work because I don't want to be preoccupied with thinking about them when I'm trying to concentrate on this job. It, it just becomes hard. Not, not to say they've never come and visit. They have, I get it. but yeah. it, it is very much like when you come to see me at work, I'm not your dad. I'm a yeah. guy working. You can hang out in my trailer. If you come on to set, I'm not being your dad here. Yeah. So you're on your own. And yeah. if you get yelled at by someone, I'm not going to defend you, you yeah. know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. But like the totally. idea of I'm, I'm, I imagine most people have some version of that, whether it's work or their relationship with their kids or whatever it is where that becomes dominant and trying to give yourself a little bit of that is really smart. I mean, I'm sure you hear it your whole life, right? I mean, we hear it from our our parents, our grandparents, friends, brother, whatever. Oh my God, you know, I, I wish I could eat better. You know, I just don't have the time to go to the gym or I wish I could work out on time to go to the gym. And it's like, if you really sit and audit your day, we blow a lot of time in, in the smallest amounts, but they add up big time by the end of the day. So that's all I do now is, you know, if, if I got to go to bed an hour earlier to get up an hour earlier the following day to allow me that opportunity to work out, then I'm going to do that. You know, um, you know, my rule as much as I try, um, is always been to not schedule a meeting before nine 30 in the morning. You know, that's my goal. Um, because it, it bulletproofs me. Right. And, and that doesn't always happen, you know, just due to time zones and changing and stuff like that with travel and stuff. But, um, I always now just try to prioritize myself as it could be the largest retailer on earth because I'm in the food business. We manufacture food uh, companies and products. So it could be the largest retailers on the face of this earth. Um, you know, but the most important meeting that day might sound like that one, but it's me now. You know, yeah. it's my time. It's my turn. And, uh, and and we all have the time. Like very rarely do you not, right? And uh, and if you don't, you know, and I'm sure you can completely sympathize with this too. I mean, traveling's a bitch. It's the, worst. It's, the it's, worst. it's so hard. You get out at the the uh, relying on 
America to feed you in a strange place <laughs> is so difficult. And I will often take food with me on an airplane, but then like sometimes I'm I'm not thinking like, well, America now we have a lot of delays. You know, I've been stuck multiple times recently. Like uh, officially Dallas is an airport I will no longer ever fly into again yeah, if I can humble, avoid yeah. it. Dallas for me, I've had multiple times where I arrive in Dallas to a canceled flight. There's a hotel in the airport. They're always full because there's always canceled flights. I start looking for hotels nearby. There aren't any. I wind up having to get in a car for a half an hour in some hotel that, that you know, it's just a nightmare. And then you're like, well, I had food for today. I don't have food for today and tomorrow. And, and now I'm scrambling. And yeah, travel for me is the hardest. It's the absolute hardest to maintain the structure that I'm accustomed to, where it's just somebody constantly throwing curveballs. Oh, yeah. And then on top of that, like you said, you're bringing food with you, right? Well, it's already a pain in the ass to walk around an airport with your carry-on or your luggage. And now you got food with you and you got to worry about the food, right? Because, I mean, God forbid, you know, you get stranded somewhere. I mean, I'm sure you've been – I mean, I've been stuck on an airplane at the tarmac for four hours. Yeah. You're just sitting there, you know? So, yeah, that's that stuff's been the worst. And, and then on top of that, and I'm sure you can relate to this because I've listened to a ton of your, your stuff over the years and you've talked about being on set, you know, and you get these – glorious spreads of food yeah. you know it's i mean i'm sure you and i can relate i mean a buffet at one point in time in my life was like it baby you know right it was a challenge it was yeah. it was like who who do you think's gonna win i'm gonna win you know yeah. i'm yeah. gonna get more than 89 dollars out of you that's or right. whatever yeah. a buffet costs i don't know that, that's it dude you know and it's like i go to these work dinners sometimes and they're laid out and i'm like Man, and you know, I'll never forget one work dinner. We went to this place in New York City. It was unbelievably cool in the basement, this little Italian place. And we were like, you know, the the dinner of the evening. Dude, they brought out every appetizer on the menu. I mean, they were doing extra food they've never made before. And I'm just like, and I remember that time I was doing keto, and I, I was like, yeah, well, this isn't happening tonight. It's gone. You right. Know? Um, and, and that happened. That was like a two week long like kind of trip I was on. I mean, it happened like twelve more times, and I'm like, wow, this. This is impossible. And then if you don't eat, you know, in some situations, I'm sure you can relate. If you don't eat the food they bring out, well, then you're being rude. Or right. then it gets into, well, you know, oh, you're fat. I know why you're dieting. Or, you know, oh, do you have diabetes? It's like, no, dude, I just, I'm just trying to stick to a, a meal plan here. Like you get grilled for it. But if someone's jacked, like one of my uh, uh, former colleagues was a, you know, big fitness guy. Nobody ever questioned him. No, they look at him and they go, of course he doesn't eat this. <laughs> right. And yeah. I'm like, if I try to eat like that, you're like, oh, hey, you know, I know you want this. I know you. Yeah. Try. This sucks, right? And it's like, All we have to do is tempt you. We know there's a level. We get the temptation and you're going to break. And they push, right? Of course. Yeah, they they want to win. It's all, I feel like with... With dudes and in those situations, it's all. Uh, uh, I, I was in LA recently, and a buddy of mine has a restaurant, and and, I, and it's also like a social place. Like there's a bar in the back, and people hang out. I, I don't drink, and I'm on a diet all the time anyway, Good right? Luck. <laughs> yeah, and so I go, and I'm like, I'm not gonna eat. I'm not gonna eat. And then four hours goes by, and I'm hanging out with my friends, and I'm fine, and they're all eating dinner. I'm finally like, well, I can find something on his menu, and I'll tell him he, the guy's my friend. He can make me some food. So I say, I want this and this and that. And he goes, but I got these specials 
I got these specials I really want you to try. And I said, no, I'm on a diet. So we, he makes me my food. I eat my food. And then we sit there another hour. And then suddenly the table is filled with food that nobody ordered. And he's like, come on, just have a bite of everything. And my friends are able to do that where they have a bite. And then I'm looking at this food that my good friend just prepared basically for me. And I'm like, I'm not going to leave food on the plate. I don't leave food on the plate. I'm eating. I'm eating all of it. I'm it's all getting eaten, you know, Yeah, it's going down. And, yeah. And how guilty, you know, so then you start that mental warfare, right? It's like, dude, I feel like I'm being an asshole right now because I'm disrespecting my friend who loves me and made me this spread. And, I, you know, it's art to him. So I want to compliment him. But then the other side of you, are like, oh, there you go again, bro. Right. Trails, you, know? you can't. Yeah. You're in a situation where no matter what you do, you can't win. Yeah. Yeah. And to make matters worse, you know, I've got I come from the Midwest. I, you know, hail from Ohio. So, you know, very Midwest, you know, very from scratch, a lot of vegetables, farm type stuff growing up. Uh grandma, you know, I mean, dude, coming over, what do you want? You know, it was every time I stepped in that house, you know, it could be 1 a.m. or 2 p.m. She's like, what do you want to eat? And I'm like, I just say, I'm going to make you something. What do you want? Right, you know? right, so, right. And, and that's always carried through. It's like if someone does make me food or, you know, especially in the past, they're massive portions, right? It's never just, I'll just try a little bit, you know, right. oh, you get eat the whole thing. You know? Right. I'm going to make you a bite and you'll get a sense of what this is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Try being in the food business. That's a real party. I can't imagine. Yeah, no, I, I even have this guilt with my kids where it's like I've dieted most of their lives. They're, they're like they never know exactly how. And now they know like roughly what I'm doing. But yeah. like they like to bake. I have all girls. They're into like making food and doing this and that. And, and you know, I don't think they really get home ec in school like I did when I was a kid. But so they do that at home. They're learning that kind of stuff at home. And the amount that I say no to them and just see disappointment on their face, like, dad, I made this thing. You got to try it. And I'm like, no, I can't try it. And they're just like, you can see, like, I've, I've said something harmful to them, you know, like that. No, is painful. They're, they're feeling such a uh, rejection that now I'm like, I'll do, you make me one bite. I'll eat a bite of your food. Yeah. It's, and, and you've talked about this before in the past and it resonates hard with me. That's like going to an addict and being like, listen, fresh cocaine yeah. is the best. Just a little bit. Just tell me if it's good, right? And, and meanwhile, you've been trying to be clean of that for you know years or an alcoholic, like just a sip. Try this craft brew I made, right? Food we have to have. It's yeah. I mean, you you have to have food, but man, it's such a it's such a line because it's the only drug in essence that you have to consume. You know, and, and, and those are the hardest times because I'm a food guy. I love food for so much more than just, you know, the taste. It, it You know, it brings family together. It's conversation. Like, I've had some of the greatest times. I, you said it at one point, too. I enjoy restaurants. Yeah. I enjoy going out with my friends. I enjoy traveling across the world, seeing new restaurants and new types of foods and cuisines. It's culture, right? I mean, there's so much you can learn from food and the history of food. So for me, that's my hardest challenge is like, well, that's something I actually love doing for more than just, you know, being a glutton. Right. I mean, I love food for everything it represents. So, you know, it's uh, the Food Network, all of it. Right. You know, celebrity yeah. chefs, et cetera, et cetera. Now, th there's no I've been 
there's there's really nowhere on earth that I can think of that I'd like to go that I haven't been. I've been on every continent except Antarctica and been and had every crazy meal. There was one point where I was like, I just got it in my head. Like, I need to eat Peking duck in the style of Peking duck in what was formerly Peking. I need to go there and eat that. So I did. I went to Beijing and found, you know, Luquan roast duck. You go in an alley. It's magical. It's incredible. So like there's nowhere on earth that I can think of where the first thought isn't what do they eat? It's the first thought. What 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 food is there? That's how I can understand that culture. That's how I can relate to them. It's through my taste buds. It's really weird. Um, You're not alone, though. You know, like, I, I feel like a lot of us are that way. You know what I mean? And what sucks is I get ridiculed for it just because I'm fat. You know what I mean? Or a big dude, whatever you want to call it. And, and meanwhile, that's I mean, look at history. I mean, the the world in essence kind of revolves around food and culture and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So like it, to me, it's kind of natural that we uh, like that. And you're traveling with your taste buds. I'm the same way. I land someplace and I'm like, you know, what do they up? eat here? Yeah. 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 It's fun. It's like treasure hunting almost. Right. Bro. You said you were from Ohio. And the first thing that popped into my head was Cincinnati chili. That's the first thought I had. They put chocolate in chili over spaghetti and, and I like it. And I, and you say Ohio and that's what I think of. But, but that that's what I'm talking about right there. Like that's, those are those memories that like, sometimes we don't realize we make, like I think of Austin and I think of Terry Black's right. You know, Ohio, it's got skyline chili, which is funky and delicious. You yeah. Know? Um, and, and it's fun because like I've ended up in I've almost hit every 50 states at this point in time. Uh, you know, you end up in like, you know, Des Moines, Iowa. You know, you don't really vacation to Des Moines, Iowa, but there's a restaurant there that I'm obsessed with. That I, you know, if someone's from Des Moines, I'm like, you know, Fong's. They're like, dude, I know Fong's. I'm like, yeah, right. man. yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy. So so you go through you you get to the pandemic you start to make yourself which i wanted to say this as you talk about the first meeting of the days with yourself it's it's such a it's such an incredible gift you're giving your to yourself and it's so valuable like me as a sober person this was how i dealt with sobriety because if i didn't have that meeting and like you could say meeting and somebody could think it's this formal thing where you sit down and you talk to yourself for me the meeting might have been like that at one point, but 20 years in, it's really just a check in. It's it happens quick, but it is the first thing of the day of like, I'm going to have a good day. Right. It's really just me going what is going to despite the obstacles that are thrown at me, I'm going to navigate them. And I just start the day off with that mindset. And that's how I've maintained sobriety. And I didn't really start addressing food like that. For a long time, for this reason, I always thought of the diet as the solution. I always thought of weight loss as the solution. And that unlike my uh, issues with substances, which I am just, I, I just abstain from those substances. And so that is very much the solution for me. There are, there's more to it than that, obviously. Um, but food has this added complexity of, I have to eat still. Right. And so when I started to go like, oh, I need to check in every day. I need to make a decision about today every single day. I realized this is forever. This is not this has the diet is a tool. 
Um, anything I do towards this is a tool and the whole thing is just the rest of my life type pursuit. That was, so I, you know, I come from a, a, a line of hardy boys, right? We're all corn fed Ohio boys. I'm the oldest of six. Um, and I have a, my, it's all boys and a younger sister. She's the youngest, um, who's 16 right now. We're all kind of genetically, you know, thicker guys, you know what I mean? Um, and what's crazy is, again, in high school, junior high and high school, it was, hell yeah, this dude's big. You know, I was six foot 315 in high school. Like, I was a great, you know, a defensive tackle and offensive lineman, and I was celebrated for that. And then in wrestling, you know, I'd have to crash diet down to 275 to hit heavyweight, and I was a damn good wrestler. Um, you know, going into adulthood, it was – so much of that fight, right? Like to figure out where I needed to, to land, right? Like, do I want to be thinner? Do I want to be heavier? And I fought so hard to stay thinner, you know, so coming out of high school into college, I actually dropped my lowest weight ever, which was like 235. Um, So from 315 down to 235. And I was like, this is awesome. You know, like I still mentally, I was like, I'm a fat guy. I'm a big dude still. And I had these like body dysmorphia still. And then I turned that kind of like you did, right? I, I was like, I felt weak. So I started getting into uh, bodybuilding to powerlifting and I fell in love, right? I got into like world strongman type stuff and I just became an absolute monster, right? I'd always been strong, but I went after this like world strongman kind of run um, early on in my late teens and twenties. Uh, and, and from there, it's just been like this battle, you yeah. know, mentally of like wanting to be like this big guy and then, you know, still trying to be like, I don't know, like healthy at the same time. So it's, it's just always spinning. Right. Yeah. I wonder if, you know, <clears throat> I know I, I, I am familiar. I talked to a lot of guys t today. I don't talk to a lot of wrestlers, but a lot of people who fight MMA and there is a, a weight cut for that almost mm -hmm. always. But I wonder because that kind of crash diet, that kind of starving yourself or or way under nu nutrition and then coming out of that and overfeeding after a point of starvation, that is really like the yo-yo diet cycle. And that can I, I would just love to hear some data on how many kids who were involved in wrestling are struggling with weight later in life because, I, you know. Okay. Like in, in Lane Norton's book, he he talks about this uh, study in mice. It's very hard to do it in people. I, I don't think they've ever done it in people, but like they know that we have a fixed number of fat cells. And when we gain weight, the fat cells get larger, but yeah. they can show in mice that if they starve the mice and then overfeed them afterwards, they can produce, they actually, that is like this magical window where they produce more fat cells because right. their bodies want to be able to store that that those calories more efficiently. Yeah. And, and so if we're doing that to ourselves in this kind of yo-yo battle cycle where, and if you start for sports as a kid, Oh yeah. I think you probably make dieting much, much, much more difficult in the long term. That's fascinating. You know, I've heard something around that, but I didn't realize it was to that extent. And I mean, I'm talking, I was crash dieting in seventh grade, right? right. I mean, because you know, fo and football and wrestling overlap. Right. So the end of football season overlaps the beginning of wrestling season. And we were traditionally fairly good. So, you know, as a high school. So 
we would end up sometimes in the playoffs, which would then overlap for sure into that first couple weeks of wrestling season. So while other guys who just wrestled were already in their conditioning, you know, getting to their weight class, I had to be at 275. So I remember, uh, especially my sophomore year, going from, well, actually it was my freshman year, I guess, going from like 315 in football, literally crash dieting in like four weeks right. to 275. And I barely made weigh in for the that's, first time. That's match. like 10 pounds a week. Dude, it was as a teenager. Was, that's insane. Over Thanksgiving. Right. You know, so here I am. I mean, I sacrificed Thanksgiving from seventh grade all the way through, you know, my senior high school because it was in that sweet spot of trying to cut weight. And I mean, you know, you do some really unhealthy shit to get there. I mean, you know, you hear about the guys in the trash bags. That was me, man. Yeah. In the middle of the showers, the showers are full sauna, you know, steam. You're jumping rope with trash bags for hours, just trying to sweat it out to barely make weight. And, you know, yeah. and, And you carry that. Right. And then on top of that, during football season, you're lifting like crazy, you're eating like crazy. And then I carried that into powerlifting and, you know, early in my uh, late teens and twenties. So when I stopped at like 25, I mean, you know, here I had this like unhealthy relationship with yo-yo dieting, crash dieting, and this massive appetite. You know, I was eating five, six, 7,000 calories a day to try to keep muscle mass going. Yeah. Um, when it, When you turn it off, I mean, my God, you know? Yeah. I think it just, I, I think that a lot of this stuff, especially the way kind of diet culture in America works where so, a, a lot of it is presented as this is the solution, right? This is the, this is all you have to do is X, right? The, this one simple fix, you know, and it goes from don't eat meat to yeah. don't eat vegetables to don't eat sugar to don't eat carbohydrates to like every don't eat there's like, don't eat fat. Don't eat this. You know, I, I even had somebody recently who tried to say like protein is killing everyone. Oh Nobody should eat protein. And it's like, listen, everybody's got an opinion on this. Um, eating more protein has been the only thing that has kept me feeling good and having uh, success with weight loss. Yeah. And yeah, if you have a, a bad kidney condition, maybe protein's hard on those people, but like I get my kidneys checked. My kidneys are great. And I eat a ton of protein. Like I eat 250 grams of protein every day and have never had a problem. Yeah. Um, so like, easy, yeah, <laughs> it's hard it, to do. It's not easy. Right. No. And, and, and so, and, and like, and then there was a minute where it was like, you're not eating enough fiber. So now I'm trying to aim for 40 grams of fiber, 250 <laughs> grams of protein. And it's just like, you okay. Like you know, yeah, yeah. But I get there. And when I'm, when I'm hitting that, I feel fantastic. You know what I mean? And again, that's not the solution. That's just the way I'm figuring out my life and trying to go like, what structure can I build that I can live with forever? You you know what I mean? Every day. Right. And like, this is what's so funny because like circling back to what you said earlier there. Yeah, sure. There are some people that can just eat whatever they want um, and, and they don't gain weight per se. But like, I've got a friend that's like relatively thin and he has high cholesterol. He's 35. Right. And he's he literally right. He's pissed. He's like, "How is this possible? I'm not fat." And I'm like, "Well, buddy, you don't eat any vegetables. You eat chicken tenders every day. You know, like, you know." So we were joking about it. And and then furthermore, I watch people like my brothers. Right. So again, you know, I'm the oldest of my siblings. Three of my brothers in the middle there, uh, Dakota, Mason, and Blake, they were all you know in high school, two fifty, two sixty, and Cody's like 
175 jacked. My brother Mason's like 189 and jacked. And Blake is like 225. He's like six foot two and stout. They don't get to eat whatever they want. Right. I mean, every day, like you just said, every day they have to watch what they eat. They work their asses off in workouts. And, and, you know, I take that one step further to some of these professional athletes and these bodybuilders. Like you, we see them on TV or whatever, you know, they're monsters, right? On the field, whatever sport they're playing. And we're like, oh, it must be so nice to be that physically like fit. Yeah. Half of them have to follow very, you know, regimented diets and they're taking crazy supplements and they're working out like absolute fiends. Dude, do you, you ever looked at what Tom Brady eats? I look at what Tom Brady eats and I'm like, holy shit, I couldn't live like that. It's so structured, you know? But, but the 90% of the world, and I have, I mean, and that's where I really have to remind myself because, because you said something earlier. And I, at one point in time, I, I found myself several times doing the pity party. God, you know, damn it, dude. Like, you know, this is going to be the rest of my life. Right. I got to do this every day. Like, why me? You know, what did I do? Who did I piss off to get this unfortunate genetic? But then you got someone like Tom Brady who doesn't eat tomatoes, you know, for inflammation <laughs> purposes. And, yeah. you know, it's it's one of those things where you have to remind yourself, like, you, someone might be jacked but or fit or whatever, but pop the hood. Yeah. What are they going through every single day? I guarantee you most of them are working their asses off, you know? Yeah, it's our perception of, I think, the perceived effort. You know what I mean? Like you see somebody who's who's uh, achieved some goal that you posit as a goal you would like to have, right? And you go like, I want that. And it's like, okay, it's a lot of work. It's yeah. a lot of work. And that guy who's got it is willing to do that work. And, and like... There are genetic factors too. Yeah. It is easier for some people. Some people don't have to think about it quite as much as I do. Okay, that's not my lot in life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Same, brother. Same. You know, you know, I remember like when I was big into bodybuilding, and that's the Jay Cutler, Ronnie Coleman, you know, the super era of bodybuilding. And I remember watching these guys, you know, eating six, seven, eight thousand calories in there. They're like, uh, you know, I'm like, wow, I'm over here, like restricting everything. Right. You know, and they're eating 8,000 calories. But then if you sit back and you look at it, it's like they've worked for a decade, two decades to put on that muscle mass to have to then burn that caloric intake. Right. So, you know, yeah, some people are just genetically gifted. And what's it like? You know, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of us. I don't think that are, you know. Yeah. I, I also I, I I like bodybuilding because I like the way they diet. Their diet to me seems pretty, pretty doable. It's the diet yeah. that works the best for me. High protein, moderate carbs, moderate to lowish fats, right? That for me is easy. Um, it's not something I think everybody should do. I also like lifting weights. Lifting weights is fun. Yeah. Some of those guys, you look at Jay Cutler at his biggest and I go like, that's not for me. I don't want to look like that. That guy looks I, crazy. I think he looks better now. Right. I, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> and he um, still works hard to look as good as he looks now. Yeah. I mean, my my biggest thing is. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You know, when when you sit there and you look at athletes like that, you know, again, like you're talking about the diet right there. That's been my hardest thing. And like, you know, honestly, in 2020, when I really kind of like put myself first and was like, dude, I got to make some changes because I want to be here for a long time. Like, thank God I don't really have any health issues yet. But the keywords yet. Right. My doctors are like, dude, you can't be. I mean, like you, my heaviest was 498, you know. Right. Um, and it was a slippery slope because a lot, no, I haven't really shared this with anybody, to be honest with you. I coming out of like my mid to late twenties, I had my, uh, dad actually had a heart attack at, you know, fairly young age, but it was kind of a freak accident type of situation, but it spooked me. And then I had a, my first panic attack, which then kind of got in my head about, do I have a heart issue? Long story short, you know, they put me on some, um, uh, anxiety medication, you know, in my late twenties zombied me. I mean, you can kind of tell I'm a, a big personality just zombied me, you know, and I got really lethargic. And I mean, dude, I went from like 315 to 415 in no time. Right. You know? And then, um, you know, that's been kind of the, the tipping point going into my early thirties was fighting, you know, realizing I, I personally, I, if people need them, fantastic, you know, definitely, I think there's a great place for those medications, but I didn't really need them. So I came off of them. And, uh, and, you know, since, you know, just, man, that mental thing of being over 400 pounds and, you know, traveling and stuff, I mean, eventually coach me up to almost 500 and, uh, and that's scary. Yeah. I mean, that's freaking scary, dude, to go, holy shit. How did you get to 500 pounds? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I also think that for me, when I got to that weight, the, the perception was it's going to be so much work to take it off when really the amount of work I was putting into maintaining it, but it was like mindless work. The other work, the work to take it off is cognizant work, right? It's analytical work. It requires effort just to think about the work. And yeah. then you got to do the work too. But actually the actual doing of the work in the long term is less work than maintaining 500 pounds, like maintaining 500 pounds, the deadlift every day just to stand up is a lot more than taking the weight off slowly and keeping it off. Y you know what I mean? Brother, can I tell you a story? So the the turning point for me, right? Like the, the when I started this 2020 mission, I, I just exited my one of my companies. Uh, and ironically, it was weeks before the world shut down. So I was kind of like two weeks out trying to figure out what I was going to do. And, and I live in a really cool area in Orlando. And there's this huge lake. And I was like, oh, dude, I've never walked. I'm, I'm going to stop and smell the roses. I'm going to walk around this lake. 
So strapping my shoes and dude, I kid you not, I might've walked a quarter mile and I had to sit down on a bench. Yeah. And either when I tell you that was like one of the lowest points of my life, I was like, how do you go from being this power lifter setting, you know, records and stuff and like being this athlete, loving sports. I mean, my whole life growing up playing sports outdoors, all nine yards. So you can't walk a quarter of a mile, like devastating. And that's where I was like, again, it gets to that point. I got two options, man. I can quit and like hope something changes, which it's not going to, right. or, or I got to do something about this, you know? And that's actually when I started really posting myself on, on uh TikTok and stuff, you know, kind of this journey. Cause I'm like, this is, this is accountability. Like I can't, I can't not walk. Like that's yeah. insane to me, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that was scary, dude. That was really scary. Have you ever had that point? Yo, yeah. I mean, I did. I had the point for me was I, I was more than fine with having to sit down. Like that didn't that didn't make any change in me. I also never did sports as a kid, so I had no sense of athleticism in my past. My athleticism came the first time I ever thought like, oh, I'm actually capable of being athletic. Was like you know, the first time I rode a bicycle a hundred miles and realized, no, not everybody can just do this. You know, most people probably could work up to it, which I did. But like at this point, like you say, how many people can just get on a bicycle today, ride it a hundred miles and not be destroyed. And it took me a year of working at it every day to getting there and doing terrible diets and all of it. Right. And like, I wish I had known a bit more about nutrition at the time, but I, my, my change was really more about like this idea of having a future with my wife. And, but even then it was a decade or more of trying something, failing, trying something else, failing, going back to something before, you know, just up and down. And it was a battle and it, and it was a battle really until five or six years ago when I really decided to think about it differently and go like, Oh, there's no, there's no single shot solution to this. There's no, this is going to take a lot of different stuff for the rest of my life. The, the, the single solution is that I'm going to have to put effort into this forever. That's yeah. yeah. One of the, the biggest things I think about for my future is especially like, you know, being a, an entrepreneur myself, some of the most successful people you see, right, are they they prioritize not only their their business side of things, but they really prioritize their health and they're in great shape. Yeah. You know, they keep themselves into their 50s and 60s and 70s in incredible shape. And to me, it's now I think of it as if you're disciplined enough to take care of yourself, just like you said with riding the bike, then you could be disciplined enough to do anything else you want in life. And it's like if I don't have that foundational discipline. It's really a mess and every other aspect of my life. So like, that's what I keep telling myself now is this sucks. I'm like you mentally, I'm like, dude, you got a bad hand of cards here, Delta, you know, like this genetics, you know, yeah, sure. You're tall and whatever, but like, man, I hate being fat, but in the same sense, it's like, okay, but I have the power if I want to, to figure this out. Is it going to be easy? Probably not. And like you, I've tried every diet under the sun. I mean, even way back as a, as a junior high kid, I was, you know, doing Atkins when that was all the rage. Right. Sure. Um, you know, and, and my, my poor parents, you know, were awesome and they worried about me from a little kid. So 
they had me on diets and meal plans trying to get me thin throughout the years. But, um, you know, and, and coming out of the food industry, seeing, again, you want to talk about toxic diet culture and all that bullshit. That's another whole topic we can dive into. But at the end of the day, what I've realized uh, probably in the last like six, seven months is I've actually started to show like some insulin resistance, right? Right. My doctor was like, holy shit, you've probably had this for a couple of years because for me, I've been getting frustrated the last, you know, call it 15, 18 months because I'll lose weight. And the only time I'm losing weight is at like 1700 calories. Right. It's like brutal. Yeah. I mean, that is brutal. Right. And then, you know, you're listening to people on YouTube and, you know, doctors, whatever. Oh, you need five meals a day. I'm like, bro, how am I going to eat five meals a day at 1700 calories? Right. Like, five, 250 calorie meals. It's yeah. like three almonds, a Ritz cracker and a small <laughs> can of tuna. You Get know, the hell out of here, you know? Um, and then there's people that are like, you know, you say, oh, just use the TDE calculator and go into a thousand calorie deficit. Okay. Well, I have 500 pounds. It's like 4,600 calories I need daily. I should be able to theoretically 3,200 calories and be way into a deficit. Yeah. Needle doesn't move for me. You wow. know, on the scale, I dropped to 2,500 doesn't move for me and I'm working out. You know, so I'm really thinking lately, I've been uh, really learning, you know, intermittent fasting, learning insulin resistance, everything I can about insulin resistance. And uh, and for the first time during a long time, I'm like, holy shit, this feels good. It's working. Um, so, you know, that's where I challenge everybody. And that's why I get so bent about these uh, keyboard warriors that come in there because it's like, you're still fat. You're still fat. It's like, I'm trying to figure out what's sustainable because I've got to do this forever. Yeah. You know? I'm done crash dieting and gaining it back and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Cause I don't know about you, but when I lose 20 pounds, I gain 30 to five to 40. Yeah. You know, so it's unhealthy. Yeah. No, no. I, you know, I think the, I think the key with any of this is like, if people find something that's workable, then we should celebrate that that's workable. You, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I don't think everybody should be intermittent fasting, but if anybody's having success, intermittent fasting, keep intermittent fasting. You, yeah. you know what I mean? All day long. Yeah. Yeah. I, for me, you know, I love food, you know, and like, like you said it earlier, I get stressed out. Like, again, if I've got to eat three, four meals a day, you know, per whatever I'm trying to follow. Holy shit, dude. I mean, we're busy people. It's a lot of work to go. Oh my God. What are my four meals today? And then four meals times seven days yeah. in the week. It's overwhelming. So for me, I'm like, I tried intermittent fasting before in the past and it was absolutely miserable because I went too hard in the pain on keto on it. Yeah. Um, oh, you were doing intermittent fasting and keto. You were, I mean, this is like saying I was, <laughs> I was both uh, Catholic and Protestant, you know, the troubles in America could just all be solved if we embrace both sides. It, it was the most miserable, like five months of my life. Like, well, dude, listen, I even talked to Kevin Smith, who still does, I, I believe last time I talked to him, still does intermittent fasting. But like after a certain point, that was not keeping the weight off. So he was first vegan, then vegan and intermittent fasting, then vegan and intermittent fasting and like not eating a lot. You know what yeah. I mean? Not eating just whatever in his window. So I think that that is something to think about too. Like you have a couple hundred pounds to lose and over the course of weight loss, your body's energy needs are going to move and it's not going to be, you know what I mean? Like that's the one, 
The one issue I would say with thinking about intermittent fasting is there probably will be tweaks and alterations to what you're doing as you lose weight. And, and that's where, you know, again, for me, it's crazy because my doctor is like, hey, let's put you on like a Wagovi or one of those new uh, GLPs, uh, injectables. And it's funny, dude, you'll never guess this, right? So I'm like, you know, because she's like, let's try to get your insulin sensitivity down because you're basically a dog chasing its tail right now, right? Yeah. You need to lose weight, but your insulin won't allow you to lose weight because it's too high, right? So then you're, you know, it's just walking in a circle in essence. So I was like, ah, you know, I, I've i had, and I'm sure you did over the years too, I've had people come up to me, strangers. You ever thought about weight loss surgery? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm in an airport, bro. Who are you? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I know they're coming from a place of like, I'm, for whatever reason, I'm worried about that guy. But, um, you know, I've always been one where it, my family has asked me and stuff. And I'm like, dude, I have gone to the highest of highs and the lowest of lows over my life in, you know, different situations. There's, I, I know I can figure this out, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I don't have any problem with anybody that takes weight loss surgery, you know, as an option. I think it's fantastic. Again, if it's for you, it's for you. Yeah. But for me, I know I have this mental warfare with food that if I don't fix that now, even with weight loss surgery, it's going to be a problem. Like yeah. I'm just going to jeopardize that weight loss surgery. Right. So here are these new G GLP medicines. I've heard they're called um, that have come out and lo and behold, my insurance won't cover it. Right? Really? Yeah. And I just sat there and I'm on the phone with my insurance company. I'm like, do you understand? Like, and again, I wasn't that upset by it because I'm like, I still want to figure this out like for myself, but I'm like, it's just insane to me that this is where we're at with American insurance in essence. If, if I stay this way for in five years, I could be diabetic. I could have a lot of problems. I could have a heart attack. Then your cost goes through the roof. Whereas theoretically a tool, right. That could potentially help me. You won't cover today to prevent this. Yeah. You know, I, I have some concerns about those medicines, those concerns that I have, are not about you taking those medicines. Those yeah. concerns are about Hollywood gals who want to lose 10 pounds for some show, right? Yeah. Like they got a award ceremony they got to go to. So I'm going to hop on because to me, it seems like in the long term, it could become very easy for a lot of people to crash diets with the, to do crash diets with those medicines, right? However, yeah. I don't understand for someone like you who has a couple hundred pounds to lose who's borderline insulin or who is insulin almost insulin or who's having insulin sensitivity right yeah that yeah the health consequences of that are going to cost your insurance company a lot more money in the long term than just giving you that drug like if you become insulin dependent they're going to pay for that forever once you're insulin dependent you really don't become uninsulin dependent no. And I even asked my doctor, you know, uh, months, months, months back when she told me, you know, like, oh, my God, look what we discovered. I go, my diabetic? She goes, no. And I go, pre-diabetic? She goes, surprisingly, no. Oh. I'm, like, I'm like, surprisingly? She goes, yeah. She goes, but we caught it early enough to where, like, it's it's now or never. You know right. what I mean? Go. So, and again, for me, as I've done a lot of research about my, the way my body needs to kind of consume food is what it's looking like. Five meals a day right? Spread out through that caloric piece was tough. But now having that gap just allows my body to get really sensitive with insulin. I've also cut back on sugar and I've cut back on carbs. I still consume carbs, but yeah. just a lot less. 
and uh, and it's working. I mean, when I was younger, all I had to do was eat less, and and weight would come off, right? Yeah. If I threw in actually, you know, cutting out carbs, weight would really come off. Since I hit thirty, no, nah, it's it, it's a whole different world. I mean, you know, I can do, I mean, you know, there's people that do keto, and they can eat three thousand calories on keto, and they still lose a ton of weight. Yeah. And there's people that do a, keto. a lot. A lot of that's water, though. It is. It is. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it's just funny because as you get older, it just gets harder, you know? So yeah. now well, I, I think the other complexity, dude, unfortunately is guys like you or me th- that compounds it, but we've also dieted so much. We've done so many crash diets that our bodies just kind of like going, fuck you. You think yeah. you're going to get away with this again? Think again. I got, yeah. I got you beat dude, you know? And so you know, and that that is like you mentioned diet culture in America. It's all bananas. It's all crazy. Like some of these diets are insane. And so like I've done insane diets and you, you, your body comes out of it like haggard, beaten, bruised and trying to figure out how to avoid that in the future. So it becomes harder and harder and harder. And every time we diet it it's our bodies fighting us. Couldn't agree more. Here's what's nuts to me, right? Again, when I say I'm a food buff, I love like food history, the whole nine yards. So if you look back to like the 1950s, like 10% of the American population was overweight. Yeah. Now it's one in three people are, are overweight slash borderline obese. There has got to be a sacrifice, right? Like I'm not saying like you got to cut out carbs, but like our food now is so processed. And my favorite thing is we've gone from like this spike in in the first round of what I'll call, you know, food issues from like the 60s to the 80s, where it's like the processed foods, your frozen foods, you know, your easy, quick foods have kind of come along. So now, dude, we're on like processed foods on steroids. Yeah. And I'm you're talking, I won't name the company so we don't all get sued in the room, but there's a very popular salad dressing company. Flip the label over. I mean, it's a science experiment, right? And then when you go into like the low fat and the light versions of it. Oh, it's gets even crazier. Oh, dude, it's nuts. And then we wonder why we have these, these health issues. Well, it's beyond just gaining weight. Now we're seeing all kinds of different health issues. But it's scary, dude. And you want to hear the craziest story, Ethan? Check this shit out. I invented and created, in essence, the world's first true plant-based salad dressing. Okay. For a company I, I've since sold. It was made out of chickpeas, out of beans, right? And the majority of it was um, was vegetable-based. So less sugar, less oils, less fats. I didn't mean to create like a low-calorie product, but I accidentally created this delicious, clean, full-calorie or low-calorie product. When I would go to a retailer to sell it in, they would be like, why are you $8.99 for a bottle of salad dressing? Right. And I'm like, because it's full of real vegetables, not powders. not." Full. And they're like, well, that's not going to sell. Yeah. We need it for half the price. And they're comparing me to the other guys. And I'm like, there's no real food in that product whatsoever. Like maybe yeah. a, a scotch, right? No, they made it in a laboratory. Laboratory, An actual laboratory. That is correct. With actual scientists. And you white know. coats and guys with beakers and glass tubes. Yeah. Uh, dead serious? That is exactly what they look like. I mean, when you hear that, you're like, oh, I'm like, oh, no, no. I've seen the labs. They're legit lab, you know, grown stuff. 
Whereas if you go, and again, I grew up in Ohio farmlands, you know what I mean? I grew up around farming and there was no organic beef growing up. Like we went and we'd buy a half a cow or a whole cow at the fair and we'd slaughter it and we'd eat that all winter long. To me, like our food is so broken. And then now we've gone from, again, this like science experiment stuff to now they're giving you health foods, right? Oh, this zero calorie caramel sauce. That's impossible. Right. You know what I mean? Like you should not be eating zero calorie caramel sauce. Um, and then it's just really effing with our minds because it's like, I'm not going to name the diet, but there's one that's really popular where it's zero points for a bunch of proteins and fruits and vegetables. And I'm like, at some point in time, if you eat 10 pounds of grapes, you're it's a couple thousand calories. You yeah. know what I mean? We're just not being realistic. And that's kind of where I'm, I'm learning to really push the noise away and go, let's eat whole. Let's try to put protein first and, and try to eat really whole ingredients. And if, yeah, I mean, I love Cheez-Its and stuff. Like they're fucking delicious, right? Yeah. But I'm going to make that a very small portion of my diet. Whereas before, it's always been a big portion, just like the rest of America, you know, fast, delicious, cheap, et cetera. Right. I mean, holy, it, it's hard, man. It's, it's, hard to it's, it's hard. I had a mom who my mom was uh, basically like I perceived her to be a hippie. We were always in health food stores and like these were health food stores be before they came became cool. Like the Kardashians yeah. had not marketed these <laughs> health food stores when I was a little kid. And right. you'd walk in and you got a sense like. Half the shit in there was covered with dust because nobody touched it. Yes. And like a lot of the times they didn't turn the lights on. So it was real dim. Like they were they were for there were there would be like Sikhs, like turban Sikhs who who ate very specifically macrobiotic people who very much looked like they were dying of cancer. Yep. And then my mom, who was trying to fix her overweight son with whole foods. And I'll tell you, I can overeat whole foods just like I can overeat anything. Like Free you bread. give me Ezekiel bread and, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and how, yeah, whatever. I'll overeat yeah. it. So yeah. like, that's my one thing where I'm like, look, I agree with everything you said. I, I, I think right now my diet is made up almost entirely of stuff with one word ingredients, broccoli. That's it. That's all that's in it. It's broccoli. Yep. Now, if I want to add some salt and some spices to the broccoli, each one of those things just has one ingredient. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, olive oil. It's made with olives. Done. That's Done. the ingredient. Uh, fish. It's just salmon. My treats vary occasionally because I'll get pulled into this idea where Halo Top every night is okay. And it's not okay for me. I can't eat Halo Top every night. Because it's like, food marketing tells you, eat it every night, brother. Eat it every night. But if I have it once a month, that's like a nice treat. I really enjoy it. And I don't feel guilty about it. You know, a pint of it's got 250 to 400 calories instead of 1,600 to 2,000. And I don't wake up feeling like crap. But I can also go crazy and eat that every night and then start to feel crappy. Um so I agree. I, I I do think our food system is a little bit broken and we have this like weird connection to pharmacology where it's like eat whatever you want, eat all this like delicious, highly palatable garbage food that, you know, has all kinds of chemicals in it to turn off the hormones in your body that would tell you you're full. Right. Like, yeah, 
I'll throw MSG on food just to make a point that MSG isn't poisonous. But what it does is it makes you capable of overeating because it's so delicious. It beats any signals in your body telling you you're full, right? Because it becomes that delicious. Doritos are full of MSG. You can sit and eat a bag of Doritos and never turn them off. Yeah, because they're incredible. They're so Um, good. So like, yeah, if that's your, if that's your diet, like one of the first fixes I would recommend is stop eating anything in the middle of the supermarket, just shop around the periphery, produce, meats, stuff like that, get whole grains. And I, I, I'd imagine most of America would see a big change, but if you're like me and you can do that for a while, and then you're going to start overeating it, right? Like Potatoes and olive oil is so delicious that I'll eat I'll eat too much of that. You Bro, know, you give me a baked potato, like a well done baked potato, you know, with some salt in the butter. I mean, Jesus, man, game over. Oh I yeah, eat, you know, buttered corn on the cob. It's corn. oh my god, yeah, you know, it's grass fed bro- butter. Right, like, I'll, I'll, I'll overeat it. Yeah, I'm putting down a dozen ears, no problem. Yeah, you know I mean? no problem, especially if you get some of those like. Uh, uh, Mexican spices that they put on the corn, yeah. you know, like tahini or something. It's incredible. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, and again, let's talk about fruit. You get a, a, the right piece of fruit, like down here in Florida, we have strawberry season. Yeah. They're, they're this big, you know, and they taste like the best candy you've ever had. I'll put down a whole flat without even trying. Yeah. You know, yeah, berries are good for you, but like, you know, you know, three pounds of them, maybe not, you know. <laughs> right. Um, I'm I'm really, and I don't know about you, but right now my big focus has been, because again, it's funny. I come out of food, right? I understand the game and it pisses me off. Truthfully, my thing is like, okay, enough. Don't, don't try to sell me a zero calorie chocolate chip cookie with, you know, these uh, bullshit benefits. No, 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 no. I want to eat clean. I want to try to eat good. I want to eat whole foods. And if then I'm going to eat a something good like that, you know, have the real thing. The, and, and fucking full send it. You know what yeah. I mean? It's real nice quality ingredients and and you appreciate it more. Like I've cut back on sweets drastically. And one of my big saviors has actually been Greek yogurt. I've oh, yeah. Like, Me oh, too. Yeah. Love Greek yogurt, dude. So good for you. That's my treat. You know, and like lately I've been using um more of like a keto type granola. It's like nuts and seeds and stuff. So like I'll get one that's like a cheesecake kind of-esque. It's not perfect, but it's a lot better than eating an actual cheesecake for me. And like when I'm craving <laughs> that sweet, I hit that thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but there's there's so many. And Halo Top is a great example. I love the company. I think what they do is cool. But they're it, to me having a dessert every single night's part of my problem. Me know? too. It's no, hundred percent. Yeah, I I I have to make these special occasions, and it doesn't matter what it is. You see, there's like. Uh, and they're in every gas station, in every 7-Eleven, every convenience store. They're like, they're. I think they're marketed as protein cookies. And like, it's got 12 grams of protein. That's not really a serving of protein for me. Maybe it is yeah. for somebody who's 120 pounds. But like for me, 12 grams, of, I got to eat four of these cookies to get like a, a protein fix. But I, I see protein cookie and i'm like great i can have that every day all the time this cookie is at the end of every meal and the cookie's got 400 calories in it you know what i mean because it's not there's no and it's full of other garbage there there's uh dude i could i can go on for an hour just naming off brands that like do this kind of bait and switch type shit just to get the marketing plug 
Like there's a company that like uh, a salad dressing again made with olive oil. The olive oil it leads with canola, right? Right. Like <laughs> oil. The last ingredient's olive oil. Yeah. Because right? they got to keep the cost down. Right. You know, or they'll lead with protein. You know what I mean? What did I? Oh, I saw someone the other day sent me it where there were baked potatoes that were wrapped right, and uh, it's a plant based uh, nutrients. And I was like. It's a fucking baked potato. Of course, it's plant based. Like we've gone too far with the marketing, man. It's literally a potato in a microwave plastic sleeve. Like, yeah, yeah of course it's plant based. You know. Yeah. By the it's way, a- those microwavable potatoes are not bad. I've done that a few times. They're pretty I- damn good. Oh, they're, they're fast, man. You pop yeah. in the microwave, and especially the sweet potatoes, because if you bake them, you're there for a day it's, and a it's, half. It's hours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Uh, dude, Jesse, I could talk like I could talk like this all day. This has been awesome. I, I hope we do this again and we can check in with you. And I love watching you. I love your journey. And I love that you're walking all the time. I personally think walking is like the greatest thing anyone can do to get health benefits. Walking. Just go for a walk. First of all, it's free. You just yeah. walk. You leave your front door and you're walking. Remember for anything. Yeah. And, and, and you can get a lot out of it. So I love it. You're on your walks, you're eating what you need to be eating. It's, it's amazing. Thanks brother. Yeah. Two to three miles every day, you know, six days a week is the goal right now. And, uh, you know, I'm really hoping to kind of do like a half marathon, you know, kind of situation here coming up is, is kind of a personal goal this year. Um, you know, I want to lose some more weight, you know, to make it a little easier on my joints and stuff, but I appreciate it, dude. I mean, it's, you know what it's like. And that's one thing I really respect you for. It's easier to listen and, and take advice and, you know, with people that have struggled and been through it. And, uh, and you're a huge role model for me and, and for so many people in so many ways. Amazing. Well, please keep doing what you're doing because it helps me every time I see it, I get a little fired up. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. All right. Talk soon. And now for the Q and a, here is a question from Jody. Hi, Jody. And Jody said, by the way, at the end of their note, um, from Jody, a dude. So, I think- okay, gotcha. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So, Jody says, Ethan, on a recent podcast, you mentioned that you have safeguards built in to help prevent you from getting too far off track and regaining the weight you've lost. I'm a regular listener to your awesome podcast, but I can't remember what these safeguards are. I'm 51 and have lost and regained 100 plus pounds three times as an adult. Yeah. After going through an ugly divorce, after an 18-year marriage, getting laid off from my job of 26 and a half years, and gaining 255 pounds, I'm starting to kick butt again. I've dropped 105 pounds, but still have another 150 to go. I'm motivated and in the zone now, but there's always that thought in the back of my mind that I'm going to fall off the bandwagon again and regain the weight. Having safeguards in place seems like a very smart thing to do, hence my question. Okay, Jody, great question. So the safeguards for me are kind of, um, you know, like I... I'm a sober guy and the safeguards for me there are, I don't, I don't drink alcohol. I don't do drugs. Um, and then it's like, I don't need to be at a crack house. Okay. That's like in the extreme. And then it's like, if somebody comes over to my house with a pocket full of cocaine, I say like, please take that somewhere else. Right. Um, I am not, uh, 
spending time finding things to do in neighborhoods where drugs are sold, which is all stuff that I would have done when I was using drugs. It would be like, I got to go just look at houses in this neighborhood and go for a drive and like try to make eye contact with everybody standing on the corner and see if any of them nod at me. You know what I mean? Like I'm not doing shit like that. I have no business being in a bar. And even that I'm like, occasionally my wife will want to go out and then, you know, we're waiting for our table at the restaurant and they tell us to wait at the bar. And even then I'm like, okay, I'm going to get a club soda. I'm with my wife. This is fine. So the, I'm, when we're talking about safeguards. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. With food, I I go through where I kind of got in trouble with food. One of them was I used to eat in secret. I used to love to eat in secret. I used to love to to eat when nobody was looking, and I don't do that anymore. And if and then so I go down the road of how does my life work all the time? And I will find myself away from friends and family in a hotel, in a strange city. And then what am I going to do? I just, well, I'm alone, so I don't eat. No, you can't do that. And so it's like, I have to be very honest with myself. Would I eat this meal in front of my wife? Would I be comfortable eating this? Because the reason I would want to eat alone is because there's stuff I want. There's amounts of food that I would want to consume that I wouldn't feel comfortable doing in front of another person. And so that's my barometer with, if I'm being completely honest, would I do this in front of my wife? And then even worse, would I do this in front of a stranger, right? Because sometimes you, your wife gives you a little leeway and you can, your manners can go out. You can be a little bit of a pig in front of your wife. It's not typical, but it happens. Um, and so then I kind of force myself, okay, I'm not going to sit in my hotel room and order DoorDash or Uber Eats or Postmates. I'm going to go out to the restaurant and sit there and I'm going to 
let a person look at me in the eye while I order this food and I'm going to make choices that I, that I would, that I'm willing to have other people witness. Right. And that's not to say I haven't gone to a restaurant and totally pigged out on my own, but there's a difference between shutting off the outside world and just pretending they don't exist so that I can be debaucherous. Um, and being present and going like the world can witness this act of food that I have transgressed against so many times in the past that I have done things that are not morally right within myself. I'm not going to do that. The other one is I don't eat fast food. Not that's less of an absolute, but it's pretty firm um, that that's not really an option for me. I'd rather eat a uh, cellophane wrapped turkey sandwich at the airport newsstand, then go to McDonald's and eat a Big Mac. That's, that's like my, that's a safeguard because McDonald's for me was a food I abused. So I stay away from it. Again, it's not absolute. My teenage daughter, she's 18 now. I think like a year or two ago, she told me she'd never had McDonald's fries. This to me was blasphemy <laughs> because I think they have the best fries. So we went and shared a small bag of fries. So it's not quite like with alcohol and booze where I, I am pretty black and white, but we got, I went into McDonald's with her. We bought a small bag of fries and we shared it and we didn't even finish the bag of fries. And then that was it. And I haven't been back to McDonald's since then. Um, the other thing is I tell myself that like if the wheels fall off, how much work do I have to do to put on a pound? That's mm. 3,500 calories in excess of what I'm burning. That's not going to happen. It's going to be really difficult to happen in a, in a sitting. Um, you can do it, but it's, it's not going to be easy. And then, okay, you, you fucked up. You gained a pound at worst, something like that. I, one of the other things that I do, another safeguard is, um, I don't eat to the point of, uh, there's a, a feeling I used to eat until I literally, you know, there was a Monty Python sketch where a guy's at the all you can eat buffet or something like that. And he's eating and he's growing fatter and fatter and fatter as he's eating and they're offering him food and he just keeps taking it. And then he says, I'm done. And the guy comes with a mint. And at first I think he's like, no, 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 I can't have the mint. I'm so full. And then he goes, okay, I might as well. And he eats the mint and he explodes. Mm -hmm. I, I would, I would want to eat to the point of that mint. I wouldn't want to explode. I don't, I never wanted to like actually rip my stomach open, but I wanted the sensation. There was like almost a euphoria that would come with overeating, with eating to the point of intoxication. I don't do that. There's no cheat meal that doesn't happen. We just recently um, took my 16-year-old daughter to her uh, to one of my favorite restaurants in New York, Carbone, and we had like a five-course meal, and we had you know starters, and there were um, I don't even remember what the starters were, but there was a carpaccio, and there was a vegetable carpaccio, and then there was a salad course where they make a um, uh, Caesar salad table side. And then there was a pasta course course. And then there was <clears throat> a meat and fish course. And then there was a dessert course and I didn't overeat any of it. I ate a couple bites of each thing 
And then when I left, I was full, but not over full. And we walked home and, and, and it was fine. So I'm really watching out that I'm not going to go sit by myself with a whole pizza because that's dangerous. I will eat the whole pizza, but if there's a pizza that my family's sharing and I take a slice or two, I'm at no risk of eating because they got to eat too. Do you see what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm trying to stay out of situations that are dangerous for me. Those are the safeguards. And there's lots of them. I, I try not to go to the supermarket hungry. I try not to prepare myself food hungry. I want to eat before that because I make less good decisions when I'm hungry with regard to food. Um, you know, if you got me really hungry and out of sorts about it and then took me to a buffet, I'm likely to have a bad time at the buffet and overeat and eat stuff that is off my plan. But if I stay well fed and I then wind up out to dinner, even if it's a buffet and, and by the way, if you're on a diet, you're never well fed, but you're, you know, you're, you, there's ways to time your food so that you're at least not starving. Right. Mm -hmm. When you show up at a situation where there's suddenly you can choose from anything. Um, that's really how I'm trying to model my life so that, um, if, if I do stray off course, I can get right back on the damage is not so severe. Like I just had in the last week, <clears throat> I was in Toronto for a few months, um, back and forth to my house in Toronto and travel. And then the last week we basically had to make up for everything that we missed because, you know, you're, you're shooting, we're, we're shooting this TV show and like one day we're shooting half inside, half outside. And while we're shooting inside, it decides there decides to be a snowstorm and then it messes up what we're going to shoot outside. So then they have to say like, well, now we're going to keep shooting inside and we'll move that outside work. Well, a lot of work kept getting moved down to the last week. And so the last week I had a lot to do. There wasn't, um, as much time to meal prep. I wasn't getting to the gym. Then I wrapped at midnight. I had to be at another job the next day, the next morning. So I, I, I like didn't sleep. And at some point I cut myself some slack and I was like, this is not where I'm perfect on my diet, but this is also not where I'm eating donut and pizzas. I'm going to find the most high protein food I can I, at one point I was picking the breading off of, um, uh, what's that popular chicken place that they make the sandwiches? That's Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. Chick I was pe peeling, I was literally peeling chicken fillets and, and having extra chicken breasts. And then I'm not going to lie. I ate one bun. I did, but it had three chicken breasts on it. And <laughs> then I was done and I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't so stuffed I couldn't go back to work. I had the, a, a nice amount of protein. It still had way too much fat. It still had too many carbs. I actually don't know. But I normally wouldn't eat that. That normally wouldn't be food. But I suddenly was presented with a scenario where it was like, this is it. This is the food that that is available. And you're at work. And what are you going to do? And I knew I knew that I wasn't going to damage my so, myself so bad that it was irrevocable. Um, 
And I got home a couple days later and I went to the gym the next morning after I got a good night's sleep and I ate back on my program and I've been back on my program and it's been fine. And I'm avoiding the scale for a couple of days because maybe I had extra salt and carbs and I don't want to see that because that number, if it's up, which isn't going to be all fat, is going to bum me out. And so in a couple of days, I'll get on the scale and see what I actually weigh right now. And I'm actually sure it will be fine. Um, and that's when I'm talking about safeguards, I'm talking about putting up pretty rigid barriers that are not so rigid that if they, if they move, they break and the flood pours out of them. They're, Mm. they're just guardrails. Um, that's what I do. I love that answer so much. And I so appreciate your specific examples. You know what I mean? Because everybody can, I just was like, oh, right. That is equal to X, Y, Z for me or whatever. So yeah. I don't think everybody's going to have exactly the same thing, but like, here's, here's my stuff. And can you relate to it? Yeah, totally. That's awesome. Well, thank you for that. And to Jody, I hope that's helpful to you. Let us know how things go for you. Jody, the dude. Thank you. Jody, the dude. And for anyone else out there who has a question for Ethan, you can always email it to us here at AmericanGlutton.net. And to be more specific, it's hello at AmericanGlutton.net. Hello at (laughs) AmericanGlutton.net. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee. You can follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely.